Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. They're good words we need to hear in every season, but especially in this season, I am with you always. As you walk through the waters, I will be there. I will never leave you. Hey, uh, before we get into opening God's Word, I just want to celebrate Joy's 93rd birthday today. Joy is here. Happy birthday to Joy. I won't ask you to stand up, but put your hands together. Yeah, she is going to stand up. Put your hands together. One of the legends of the faith. Here at Gateway. Bless you, Joy. You are a blessing to us and you bring great joy to everyone around you. Hey, I want to thank all of you for being here today. I, I, I believe most Sundays coming to church should be an autopilot decision. It shouldn't be a question. We go to church to worship God, to give thanks to Him for what He's done for us, to gather together with God's people. It should just be what we automatically do uh, every Sunday. Today, for I'd say for the first time in my lifetime, we all had to make the decision... Is it wise and good to come together as a community to worship God? And we're going to have to continue to seek wisdom and to be asking those questions over the weeks to come. But I want to say a huge thank you for being here today to worship together. I believe God uh, is at work and is the really important time to encourage uh, one another. As Tim's already said, uh, what we do in the coming weeks, maybe the coming months, will change. There are changes coming, particularly to the way we meet together here at Mackenzie because of the, uh, the government uh, conditions uh, that they have uh, placed upon all community gatherings. In the midst of turbulent times that uh, we find ourselves in uh, around the globe, I just really want to remind us of God's word to us as a church for 2020. Presence. I'm present with you. God's word for us as a church in 2020 is presence. He's calling us. As you've been hearing over the last few weeks and months, God is calling us this year not to keep going wider in our influence for the gospel that we have been doing and celebrating for the last few years as we've planted campuses uh, around our city. But he was calling all of our campuses to come closer. To, to, to draw closer to him, to hunger for his presence and to be a people that would be his presence, that would be his presence of peace and of love and of grace in our communities, in our workplaces. Now you need to understand when we as a uh, leadership team, as a board of elders, as a staff team began to pray about this, it was in June last year. And we had no idea what season we were about to walk through. We had no idea that we would need to hear those words and that God repeats so often in the Bible, do not fear for I am with you, I am present with you. We had no idea just how important it would be, it's always important, but how important it would be in this season to be the presence of God's peace and love and grace to the people in our community. We had no idea. Did, but God did. 
Yeah, God is so good. In, in the midst of all that we're walking through, I've just been reminded of God's goodness, of God's grace, of God's wisdom. He's always good in every season. He's always kind in every season. In every season, he actually knows you and me better than we know ourselves. And he always knows the future that we're walking into, even when the future is uncertain and unknown for us. You know, I'm reminded today in the midst of the turmoil that God is good. He's always kind and he can be trusted. And now more than ever, we need to hear the words of our Father in heaven who time and time again in different seasons just says to his people, do not fear for I'm with you. You know, I had a message uh, ready and prepared to, uh, to share uh, on Friday about being the presence of God uh, in our workplaces. And uh, by the end of Friday night, I just felt like God saying, I got a different message uh, for you to share. And so I want to stay, or maybe, well, depends on what happens, I might share that message next week. But... Uh, I want to stay in our present series, but just share a different message that God has actually been building in my heart over the last few weeks. I shared it as a devotion with our staff team a few weeks ago. I, I just sort of mentioned it in one of my messages a few weeks ago. At the time, I thought it was just for a bunch of individuals in our congregation that God wanted to encourage. But now I actually see it's a message for us as a church community. It's, it's for us as a group of people. When God is reassuring Israel of his presence with them in the midst of uncertainty that they're walking through, as they're beginning to step into changing circumstances and they're not sure what's coming next. It's a message that he gave to, to Israel when they're exiles in Babylon and they've been exiles for 70 years. And he sends the prophet Isaiah to actually speak a word of encouragement to the people saying, hey, this time of exile is coming to an end. I am going to, you know, bring you home to Jerusalem. But the people of Israel who'd known one thing for 70 years, living in exile in Babylon, were just asking similar questions to what we might be asking today. They're feeling uncertain. They're feeling overwhelmed. And they're going, God, when? How? What next? And God sends the prophet Isaiah. And these are the words he says. Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. In other translations, it says, I've redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not, you will not drown. You know, as they, as they faced a new challenge that they'd never faced before, they, they'd never been this way before. It was uncertain. It was, it was unknown. They didn't know what was going to happen next. You know, God reassures them. And he speaks to them, just like he's done many other times in many other situations. He says, do not fear. Do not be afraid. I want you to remember what I've done in the past when you walked through deep waters. 
when you were standing at the edge of the deep waters of the Red Sea and you'd never been to swimming lessons and you'd been slaves in Egypt for 400 years and the Egyptian army is, is getting closer to you and they're about to kill you. When, when you stood there at those deep waters, I made a way for you to walk through those deep waters and I actually delivered you from slavery to freedom. I had something good for you on the other side. And he's, they're remembering as he, as he gives this message the time that they stood at the deep waters of a raging river. They, they stood at the deep waters of the Jordan River. They, they, they were tired and weary because they had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They hadn't lived in a home. They hadn't had a city for 40 years to live in. And they're tired and they're weary and they're standing at the edge of the deep waters of the Jordan River. And God's saying, do you remember what I did? I was there with you in that situation and I stopped the waters flowing a mile upstream so that you could walk across on dry ground and on the other side you received your inheritance. You walked into the promised land. He's saying, remember what I've done in the past. Remember that I'm with you in the deep waters and I've always got something good on the other side. And when we walk through deep waters, we feel uncertain. Which way do I go? I've never been this way before. These are new times. When we walk through deep waters, we can get overwhelmed. Will I make it through this? Will everything that I have now make it through this? When we walk through deep waters, we can get overcome by fear. We start to ask the question, am I really safe in God's hands? Is he really for me and not against me? And I believe that God is saying to us, just like he said to Israel as they face deep waters, do not fear. I am with you. I got something good on the other side. Because that's what God's like. I, I got three just simple things. I really want to keep this simple. I think this is an important time to keep things simple. And so just simple things that come that God's been speaking to me about uh, through this passage. When you go through deep waters of uncertainty and change, and that's what we're in. And some of you are already in that as individuals. You're going through a time of, of uncertainty in your job or in your study or in your family or in your finances and, and, uh, and, and that's still true today. And we're all as a community going through just uncertain times. What's going to happen next? There's change happening. Something simple I believe we can all do. Give thanks to God for what is certain and unchanging. Just make the decision. When you're feeling uncertain, when you're acknowledging you're not sure what's next, choose to give thanks to God for what is certain and unchanging. You know, when Israel got to the edge of the Red Sea, hadn't been this way before, started to panic. They started to go, we should have stayed in Egypt. We should never have listened to God. Look at the mess that God's got us into. We're going to die out here. They're feeling uncertain. They haven't been this way before and they're afraid and God says to them, do not be afraid. And then he says, why? There's some things you need to know for certain. They're not promises for the future. There's lots of promises for the future in Isaiah. These aren't promises for the future. These are certain truths that have already happened. 
He said, I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. He's reminding them of what is certain and unchanging. He says, I ransomed you. When you were slaves in Egypt, I ransomed you. I delivered you with the power of my mighty hand. I ransomed you with the blood of a lamb. Have you smeared the blood over the doorpost of your home? The angel of death passed over your home. I ransomed you. I paid the price. I redeemed you. I bought you back from slavery and I set you free. He says, I called you by name. You know, remember the story of when God shows up to Moses when they are living as slaves in Egypt and says to Moses, you know, go to Pharaoh and say, it's time to let my people go. And, and, and he says to, to, to Moses, go and tell the elders of Israel, this is what's going to happen. And Moses, I love his reaction. He says, who am I going to say sent me? They've been slaves for 400 years in Egypt. They've forgotten about God. They've forgotten that they've got a covenant with God. They don't know God's name. They've forgotten who he is. And God just says, tell them, I am who I am. He's sending you because I want to save my people. You see, I love this picture. When they'd forgotten God's name, God had not forgotten their name. He summoned them. He called them by name. Then he says, you're mine. They, they were joined together in a covenant. They, they were, he was, God was their God, and they were his people. They belonged to each other. They're not hopeful promises for the future. It's what's already happened. It's certain. It's unchanging. And in a time of uncertainty and change, He's reminding them of what is certain and unchanging. Now, we live, we live under a new covenant. We, we don't live under the old covenant of Israel, but these truths, these are certain and unchanging truths for us today. He has ransomed you. He has redeemed you, not with the blood of a lamb, but with the blood of his one and only son that was shed on a cross so that you could be set free from the slavery of sin and death and you could be free to enjoy his love for all eternity. I have ransomed you. It's certain. It's unchanging. It's been done. And I've called you by name. And each of us here will have a story of a time where we just knew that we knew that God was calling us into relationship with him. We might have been young children. We might have been adults. But there was a time where, as we sung about today, God chased after us. When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were ignoring God, he chased after us and showed us you know, how good he is and how much he wants us in a relationship for him. These are certain truths. These are unchanging. God says to you today, I have redeemed you with the blood of my son. I have called you by name into relationship and you are mine. 
We are in an eternal, a lasting covenant. There is absolutely nothing in this world, under the world. There's nothing that will ever happen to us. No sickness, no trial that will come against us. No famine, no war. Nothing that we'll ever walk through. Nothing even in life or death that we haven't finished will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You're mine forever. I reckon this is a good time to give thanks to God for what is certain and unchanging in the midst of lots of uncertainty and change. I believe these are good times to give thanks for what we often take for granted in the good times. I came home yesterday with a gift from God that would normally go unnoticed and unthanked in my family. I've come home with this gift many times in the past. I've used my hard-earned money to buy this gift many times in the past. No one in my family has ever taken any notice. But yesterday, when I walked in, it was like I'd won Wimbledon. It was like I'd won Lotto. Susan ran to me and smothered me in kisses. You are the best husband ever. She'd been to the shops and there was none left. When I got there, there was five left and I felt guilty walking around the shops with it. I don't know why. It's the first one I bought in five years. But I felt guilty. She smothered me with kisses and says, your husband of the year. My, my kids came and bowed down and they kissed my feet. Father of the year. I'm thinking, pretty simple gift. A little bit of exaggeration there, but <laughs> some truth. I just wonder if this is a good time to give thanks to God for all the good things he gives us that we normally take for granted in the good times. I just want to challenge you in this season. Because I actually think it won't just be a blessing to you, but it'll be a blessing to your family, it'll be a blessing to the people around you. Choose to be people of gratitude. Choose to give thanks to God for what is certain and unchanging. Give thanks to God for your salvation. Give thanks to God for his forgiveness. Give thanks to God for the freedom that we have in him. Give thanks to God for his everlasting love, his steadfast love that we talked about today. Give thanks to God that we get to be in his family and no one can ever take it from us. Give thanks to God for the good things that he gives us. Give thanks to God you know, for his love, for his grace. Give thanks to God for his provision for us, for his protection over us. Just be a people that give thanks for the good things that he's given us that we so often take for granted in the good times. When you go through 
Deep waters of uncertainty and change. Give thanks to God for what is certain and unchanging. What it does is it begins to fill you with a confident faith that God is with us as we walk through this season. Secondly, when you go through deep waters and you feel overwhelmed and alone, make it a trigger to worship the one who is overwhelmingly good and overwhelm others with kind words. God says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. I will. I'll be right there with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And it goes on later in that uh, chapter to say, for I am the Lord your God, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Now, deep waters are overwhelming. When, when, When your feet can't touch the ground and you don't have secure footing, it can feel overwhelming. You know, when Israel stood at the edge of the Red Sea and the Jordan River, it must have been overwhelming to think, somehow I've got to get to the other side. Somehow I've got to get from this side through those deep waters to the other side. It's overwhelming at times. How is it possible? You know, I stood at the edge of this lake one day and, uh, and my idiot friend said, do you want to swim to the other side? And I didn't want to, but I, I was a, I'm a bloke. I had too much pride to admit it. So I said, sure, love to, let's go. And I was going okay for a while. But then if you have a just look at an aerial shot of this lake, it's actually, the spot we swam across is actually 1.1 kilometres across, which I actually can swim when I'm in a pool, but I got halfway across that lake and I panicked. I I didn't know which way to go. Fear overwhelmed me. And and I'm starting to, I, I can see headlines in my mind. You know, I, I, I'm literally reading tomorrow's paper. My, my future flashed before my eyes. And I could see it. Jesus walks on water, but idiot pastor with a beautiful wife and four kids drowns in a lake. I could see the headline thinking, what am I doing? And the idiot pastor's got an idiot friend that's swimming in front of him. And I called out to him, just, just come back, I'm in trouble here. And he said, do you want me to help you? And I had too much pride to say yes. <laughs> but I needed him beside me. I, I needed him to encourage me. I needed him to give me some peace when I was panicking. And I needed him to keep pointing me in the right direction because in my panic, I was swimming in circles. It turns out, I actually had the strength to get to the other side, to get through the deep waters and for my feet to get back on the ground. But I needed the presence of somebody else to help me get there. You know, God says to Israel, they're standing on the bank and they've got to get to the other side and there's deep waters in between. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I will make a way. You're not alone. I'm present with you in the deep waters that feel overwhelming. And he encourages them to keep going. 
He encourages them, we're going to make it. I'm with you. I'm not going to let you drown. He's good. I just reckon some of us just need to be reminded of how good God is. How good is God that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Some of you right now, and this has got nothing to do with coronavirus, but, but some of you, you know, you're going through a season where you're starting to question, is God really for me or is he against me? And the devil will try and convince you that God has changed his mind about you, that he's against you. And I tell you, when you get into those feelings of, of being overwhelmed, you know, with the situation that you're in, make it a trigger to worship. Don't let the devil get a foothold and take you in a different direction. Actually let that feeling of being overwhelmed be a trigger to choose to worship the one who is overwhelmingly good, who will never leave you nor forsake you. It might be just stopping to pray and acknowledge the, who God is. It might be you know, getting onto our presence playlist and, and actually you know, singing songs of worship and lifting him up. You know, whatever it is, let that feeling of being overwhelmed be a trigger to worship the one who is overwhelmingly good and let's be a people who overwhelm others with our good words, with our kind words. You know, we're hearing a lot about isolation at the moment, self-isolation, social isolation, and for good reasons. You know, we need to be wise about that and follow all directions, as you've already heard today. This is important. God has not created us for isolation. The first not good in the Bible the first time God looks at creation and says, this is not good, it's when Adam was in isolation. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. God's actually created us for community. Community is important. And so I want to encourage you in this season, be creative in the way that you care for one another in community. Walk alongside people at an appropriate distance. No holding hands, no hugging for the time being, praise the Lord. <laughs> normally, normally, you know, I got a rule. I hug my family and I hug old ladies. So if you know if you're a lady and I hug you, you know you're old. It's because, it's because the Bible says it's not good for pastors to hug young ladies and I just see no good reason to hug another man. I just never being able to see it. And you need to obey the government for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Do not hug your pastor. The government says so. But let's be creative. Seriously, let's be creative about being a caring community. Find ways of caring for those who feel isolated or are actually isolated. Call people. Text people. Some of you, if you're like me, I know this is true. I know this is true for a bunch of you in the room. You'll at times get a little prompt. I should call that person. I should text that person. And you just write it off and it doesn't really matter. It does matter. Often, it's the Holy Spirit just giving you a prompt. That person needs connection. 
that person needs encouragement. If you have to be physically isolated for a while, find creative ways of staying in community, being a caring community. Call people, text people, wash your hands and write a letter. I mean, how good would it be if we just became a community of people who just kept speaking kind words into the people around us through handwritten letters who never receive a letter? I tell you, it's powerful. I I tell you, share with those who are in need. And sharing right now and giving gifts to people doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, there is nothing, there's no better gift that says God loves you than a roll of toilet paper. You know, maybe instead of sending flowers and a card, you know, just send a message on a roll. God loves you. He gave his son to make you clean. He will wipe away all your sins and make you white as snow. (laughs) Just remember, believers fold, they do not scrunch. (laughs) I'm not suggesting this is a creative way to let people know that they're loved and cared for, but maybe, maybe there's something in it. But just find whatever way we can to not get isolated from God and not get isolated from one another. We will, as a church leadership, be doing all that we can to find creative ways, whatever happens into the future, to keep us connected to God and connected to one another. Now more than ever, knowing the presence of God alone and being the presence of God together in community is more important, it's always important, but now it's super important. Be creative. How can you be the presence of peace for others in your home, in your workplace, in our community? Stay in touch with your life group. Keep a lookout for how we're going to keep people together in community as a church. When we go through deep waters that feel overwhelming and alone, choose, make it a trigger. Choose to worship the one who's overwhelmingly good. And let's choose to be overwhelmingly kind to others with our words. This is a time where opinions are flying around everywhere. Everyone's got an opinion. And sure, share your opinion with the world, but let's do it kindly. Let's find ways of being kind with our words with the people around us. Lastly, when you walk through deep waters that make you fearful of the future, Hold the hand of your father who holds your future in his hands. This is a time to stay close to God. He says, when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. You know, when Israel crossed the Red Sea, they had to walk through walls of deep water to be set free from slavery in Egypt. Every single step was a step of faith. The first step into the Red Sea was a step of faith. They're watching these walls of water being held up by nothing beside them. First step was a step of faith, but every single step across that Red Sea was a step of faith. When they got to the middle, they had to decide, is God going to continue to keep those walls of water held up? Or now I'm in the middle, is he going to let me drown? And we think that's crazy to think that. Well, it's crazy for us to think that because we know the outcome. 
We know what God did on the other side. We know the outcome of the story. But many of us think like this when we're in the midst of a situation that causes us fear. Is God really good? Is he going to let me drown? Following Jesus has got me this far. But is it going to get me any further? Is God going to continue to be good? You know, I love teaching my kids to surf when they were little. Sometimes we'd body surf and I'd take them out into deep water where their feet couldn't touch the ground and we'd, we'd, uh, we'd jump through waves. And uh, sometimes they'd sit out the back on, on a surfboard and I'd push them where they couldn't touch the ground and I'd push them on waves. But when they were little, they wouldn't come out into deep water unless their dad was holding their hand. When, when their dad was holding the board for them or dad was holding their hand, they felt safe. They felt like they weren't going to drown. Why? Because I'm a semi-decent dad. I wasn't going to let my kids drown. It'd be crazy to think that we got a father in heaven who is a lesser dad than me. Listen to what Isaiah goes on to say. He says, from eternity to eternity... I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. You have a father in heaven who right now is holding you by the hand. He's asking you to walk with him by faith. Every step, step of faith. And you've got a father in heaven who holds your future in his hands. He's the God of eternity. What he's done on the cross through giving his son has actually made a secure way for you to know his love for all eternity. He holds you in his hands today. He says, I'm with you now and I'll be with you forever. We can trust him in this season. You know, when my kids got to about 10, probably about the age of the, on that photo, they said, Dad, I don't want you to hold me anymore. I, I want to paddle onto these waves myself. Let me do it myself. You know, what was once filled with fear, they now had faith. And I'd say years later, we just had a week on the beach in January as a family. And uh, one of the greatest joys of my life so far this year is sitting out the back in deep water with my kids on boards, falling off a whole bunch of waves. Brings me incredible joy. And don't you dare tell Joey I said this, but he's now stronger than me and he surfs better than I do. But there was a time where he needed his dad to hold his hand because he was filled with fear. But he's now strong. And he now loves the joy of being in deep water and surfing. See, I'm absolutely confident that that's what our Father in heaven is like. He holds us by the hand as we walk through deep waters but he's always got something good on the other side. 
I believe what God is going to do in this season. He's going to strengthen our faith. He's going to strengthen the faith of the church in this nation. And I believe he's going to release joy into our hearts. I believe in time, as we walk through this season with him, he is going to release joy, new levels of joy into our hearts. Because that's what he's like. He's a good dad. He walks with us through deep waters and he's always got something good on the other side. Amen? Let's stand together, church. We're going to sing a song just declaring, God, I'm not going to be overwhelmed. I'm going to put my faith and my trust in you because you are good, because you reign. You're the king. It's an important song to sing in seasons like this, but I'd love us as a church to pray for a few moments. Can we just begin this morning? I just want to ask us to lift our voices. You're here. You chose to be here today. You believe it's important to come together to worship God and to pray. Well, come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's lift our voices today. Let's just begin. We're going to intercede for our community in a minute, but let's just begin by giving thanks to God. Giving thanks to God for the things that are certain. Come on, just lift your voice. Lift your voice. Just pray it out loud. Begin to declare the goodness of God, the salvation of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God. Begin to declare the things that you know are true about Him. Come on, just speak it out. Speak it out this morning. God, we do declare that You are good. You are good. You'll always be good. In every season, you're good. We thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ, that your blood covers over all of our sin, that you set us free from sin and death to to enjoy your everlasting love. We declare your goodness, God. That will never change. Nothing will ever be able to separate us from your love. Nothing ever, God. We love you. We worship you. We give you thanks this morning. Come on, can we just intercede? Intercede for our community, for our nation. I'd love us to just pray for those who are sick in our community and around the globe. Pray that they would know God's presence. They'd know God's healing. And can we pray for our leaders, our government leaders who are making some tough decisions. Let's not be a people who throw rocks in this season. Let's be a people who does what the Scripture says and pray. Lift up our leaders to God, that God would give them wisdom. Come on, can we just right now, let's begin to pray for those that are sick, that are unwell right now. And let's pray for our leaders. Let's lift them up in this place. Come on, let's intercede for our community. Let's stand in the gap. Come on, just freak it out. Just begin to pray. up to you those that are unwell, that are struggling, that are uh, knowing the, 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 the reality of this virus right now. God, would you pour out your healing? 
God, would you bring comfort? God, would they know your compassion in this season? God, would you pour out supernatural healing? God, would you work through medical fraternities around the world, God? God, would you open up hospital beds? God, would there, would you give leaders creative ways and new ways to see people get treatment and to find healing? God, we do lift up our leaders to you today in our nation. God, that they would make wise decisions. They would make compassionate decisions. God, that they would be creative. God, that they would act in a timely manner. God, I pray, I pray a blessing over our leaders today. God, would You bless them. Bless them, God. Encourage them. God, may those that know You cry out to You today and hear Your voice. And God, those that don't know You, may You be turning their hearts towards You. God, we pray that across our community, that many, many hearts would be turned towards You. People would know Your love, Your grace and compassion in this season. I pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. Come on, let's just declare together as a community, I will not be overwhelmed. God, You're my strength. You're my shield. You're my rock. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know. 